Welcome to Ravel, a roundtable show about how faith gets complex with the vast amount of information at our fingertips. For some people, this complexity has caused the unraveling of their faith, and for other people, it's been liberating. Take us, for example. I'm Stephen. I'm Josh. And I'm Emily. We each grew up in different parts of the American Christian spectrum, and as some of our beliefs migrate, we still feel like our theology is in process. Theology always has fundamentally been, and will always be, an exploratory dialogue. That alone is proof that faith raveling doesn't have to be a crisis, even if it feels like it. We don't have all the answers, so we want to use this show to model what it can look like to genuinely sort through beliefs in real time. So share a drink with us as we pull on the thread of our own pressing questions. Thanks for listening. Well, howdy doody, folks. Howdy. (laughs) Doody. (laughs) Howdy, partner. Welcome to the podcast. Guess who's back? I'm Emily. I'm a Gemini. And I want to know what y'all are drinking. Did you say you're a Gemini? I am a Gemini. Nice. Well, I'm Josh. I'm a Pisces. Um, I am triple fisting it this week. I made myself an iced AeroPress because it's still coffee time. I'm drinking a peach yogurt too good smoothie. They're delicious. Highly recommend. And then I'm also drinking a like half Sam Pellegrino, half Ocean Spray mango peach juice drink. Cool. Wow. And it's delicious. It's like very smoky here. So I'm trying to stay like very hydrated and fresh because uh, alcohol is like the last thing I want right now. That is quite the Very assortment smoky. of Wear a mask on your walks. It helps your yes. throat. Oh, I'm not even going outside. Okay, but if you do walk, wear a mask. Yes. Uh, very helpful. Very helpful. It is not very smoky here, actually. I feel like, Josh, you and I traded. I have, like, stereotypical upper 60s overcast and rainy all day Seattle mm. vibes Ooh. over here. Yes. Um, and I'm just kicked back in my studio with a key lime and LaCroix. Wait, what's your sign? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm a Capricorn... Gemini rising. That's my moon, I guess. Wonderful. What are you drinking, Emily? Did Glorious. you say? Glorious. I did not say. I, you know, I am commending my husband because he's inspired me to try this. I am having a iced black Americano. Ooh. How many shots of espresso? How many ounces of oh, water? I don't know. How many cubes of ice? <laughs> like 12. <laughs> we could get very specific about this. I love that. How are you enjoying it? You know, it's not bad. A friend of ours drinks this constantly and he's very vascular. And my husband, being the Whoa. gym rat that he is, is trying to obtain that same vascular physique. And he's giving a try and I want to support him in that. And so that is what I am partaking in for our beverage. So, and wow, fun fact. Don't know if you all know this, but we have someone to recognize for our beverages today yes, on the yes. Patreon. James, thank you so much. You've purchased our beverages today. It, I think single-handedly, Josh yeah. is, because he has three of them. <laughs> but we thank you so much, James. Josh um, is kind of hogging it. Yeah. He is hogging it, but he's Shout out to James, the podcast fiend himself. Mm, James. He so many, clearly. He reposts us all the time. And so many others. I love that James often beats you, our social media person, to posting about yes. the new episodes on Wednesdays. <laughs> Quite often. <laughs> That's how you know That's he's so a good. true diehard fan, yeah. diehard friend, ally in this endeavor. Okay. Good stuff. So it is my topic. 
And I kind of teased you two. Yeah, with, in the Marco Polo. Um, huh? In my Marco Polo, I said it was kind of a banger and that my opinion might shock you. So I'm just... You just gave us clickbait. You, we, I have like no idea what's coming. Yeah, right? I, no details. I'm really good at that. Thank you, you very much. <laughs> and so to just get right on in it, first, my question is to you. Have you ever heard of the Sparkle Creed? Sparkle oh. Creed. Uh, is this like... It's, I really want to start it with a joke of like, we pledge allegiance to the non-binary god something something i feel like i've heard it it sounds so familiar but i don't think i could yeah, describe it feels it like is. something i've run into on tiktok so the sparkle creed was a creed that was shared from the adena community lutheran church in minneapolis and they shared this um and it went viral during pride month um and during a service that they had and it features a very radically modernized take on the Apostles' Creed. Yeah. And it's called the Sparkle Creed. Mm. So I'm going to read it to you. Okay. okay. And I want you to either have either have pen and paper or your phone and jot down some notes because we're going to dive into this and then I'll share my feelings on it. But I feel it's important to hear it first. So this is the Sparkle Creed. I believe in the non-binary God okay, yes. whose pronouns are plural. I believe in Jesus Christ, their child, who wore a fabulous tunic and had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. I believe in the rainbow spirit who shatters our image of one white light and refracts it into a rainbow of gorgeous diversity. Affirmed the congregation affirms this and then it goes on i believe in the church of everyday saints as numerous creative and resilient as patches on the aids quilt whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder i believe in the call to each of us that love is love is love so beloved let us love i believe glorious god help my unbelief Okay. Are you ready for my hot take? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been ready yeah, for this for days. let's do it. Hot takes at the top. Are you kidding? I do not like this creed. Ooh, okay. I love the message of what it's trying to do, but I do not like it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, I do not, do not, do not like it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Ooh, it kind of, in a way makes me cringe Mm. because Mm -hmm. for me i am reminded the foundation that the nicene creed and the apostles creed has laid for christianity and i feel like it's kind of stomping on those and negating a foundation that set christianity into motion yeah yeah dare we say this is appropriative like (sighs) This has real cultural appropriation vibes to me. In what direction? Of like, like we're, what, what are you saying? We're just, we're, we're going to take this thing that's traditionally, like traditional Christianity and with language that does a lot of signaling to the in-group, we are going to change it. And yeah, I like, 
Emily, I think I see where like your gut reaction is at where it's like I, uh, mockery feels like too strong of a term, but it it feels like appropriation to me because it is taking something and like twisting it to fit a pretty blatant agenda, if you will. And I think it also, I don't know, I just don't see this creating a lot more common ground than I do further dividing folks who will encounter it. Josh, what are your thoughts? I think that I also, mm, first of all, I think it's hard to criticize things that are like clearly trying to make a point because like they're trying to make a point. (laughs) And Mm. I think that the Sparkle Creek clearly seems like it's trying to make a point to me. And I obviously think that, of course, the history of LGBTQ inclusion in the church is a huge struggle for many people and certainly in some denominations more than others. And I think that like being affirming and inclusive and of individuals and also of queer Christians, I think that's wonderful. I think what caught me the most off guard about the Sparkle Creed was that, sorry, I started playing the video there of the Sparkle Creed because <laughs> I pulled it up. <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad um, we all pulled up articles because <laughs> I'm reading. And I think what threw me off the most is like how much it like started dovetailing and like was clearly referencing yeah. like specific things from the gay and queer communities. Like, for instance, the AIDS quilt, obvious reference, right? I thought the beginning was really, I, I think it's overall very poetic and clearly trying to like marry the gay and queer experience with the Christian experience. And so, like, obviously, this is made for like a very specific niche group of people. <laughs> and I think that's, I think that can be beautiful. But I think what like caught me the most off guard is that it started with like really specific takes on Christian doctrine couple of which I'm 100% on board with, actually. I think making a point to call out God as transcendently non-binary, I think that's very theological. And I think mm-hmm. that there's a really good case for that. And I've, I have made a point to be using non-gendered pronouns for God for even when I was still in church, actually. Mm-hmm. Not to like pat myself on the back, but like I, I think that that's a thing to feel very like strongly theological about. So, But what caught me the most off guard was like, it was making like theological claims and then it felt like it wasn't making theological claims. It was just making references. And that's what like, yeah, I think that's what made me feel like, is this meant to be a Christian creed? Like, are they trying to propose it? Like even for like individuals to say, cause like the second half didn't really feel like Christian flavored. Well, and and I feel like that's maybe what you two are criticizing the most. I think what bothered me was Reading into the history of this creed, it was 2021. Um, the woman used to be a United Methodist pastor, and then she left um, the denomination, and she was ordained in the United Church of Christ in, I think it was like 2009. And what kind of bothered me was she was looking for something for Pride Month, and she was using voice texting, and it misheard the Apostles' Creed, and it put Sparkle Creed, and then it was like... <laughs> Let's just try this. Let's see what I create from this. And whoa, I think that is what bothered me. It was like Pride Month was the proponent for this mm. rather than like just a genuine <laughs> like it was convenient that it was Pride Month. What if she did this outside of Pride Month? You know, mm. like the agenda is just way too heavy handed. It was just way too heavy for me. And I think there are elements within the Sparkle Creed that are limiting 
some of what the original Apostles' Creed highlights. And I think kind of what you were saying, Josh, some of the like theological doctrine or just ideas are being stripped away in some of these elements. So like someone brought up, this was great. Who are the two dads? Are they God the Father and Joseph? Hmm. God the Father becomes problematic since Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, (laughs) who originally slash traditionally is feminine. I think this is a legitimate creed that could use your defense and some exposition. And so it's like, could it use fine tuning and maybe then I'll feel better about it? Absolutely. But I think just initially my gut reaction was just like, whoa, where is this going? Because it was starting out great. And then, yeah, I it just kind of lost me after a little bit. Is and the I, yeah? Is the pastor? Um, her name's Anne Helgen, the co-pastor who like led this, or no, Anna? Excuse me. Is she a member of the queer community, or is she not? Because I feel like that also like would feel weird if she's not. I'm not sure because like the creed originated from Rachel Small Stokes. Oh, who? was of Emmanuel United Church of Christ in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh. It was just this other pastor who went viral for it. Right. Mm. And I think there's something about the creeds that we have, the Nicene Creed and the Apostles' Creed, they've survived for so long. That's not to say that I think even the meanings behind those can change, absolutely, but, I mean, they survived all this time for a reason. Part of it might be patriarchy, you know, call it what you will. And mm. I think that is wrong. I don't know. When we're fundamentally changing elements and negating other elements of something that has been so transcendent for millennia, I just, I don't, it's, it's just rubbing me the wrong way. And creeds are important and I want to validate that. But like. What happens when we totally negate a creed that has survived Mm. thousands of years and we say, we're going to live by this creed instead? Is that what they're trying to do with Sparkle Creed is replace? I believe the, not the originator, but I believe the one that the lady that Josh was referring to. Yes. Is my understanding. So in that local church community, that congregation says Sparkle Creed instead of Apostles' Creed. That would be my understanding. And if I'm wrong, listeners, you can correct me. Absolutely, I will welcome it. Sure. For my understanding, yes, it is being replaced. Hmm. Well, I think it's interesting when, like, poetic takes on some church doctrine and church history. I think that that can be, like, really moving and like can offer a different perspective on something than just the like hegemony of the church. And I would see this, whether it's being used as a replacement creed, quote unquote, or not, I would, I I would see this like functioning in that way, Mm. no matter how it's being used in the service. My mind goes to, this is like a really different example, but my mind goes to a class I took once where we were encouraged to like rewrite a passage of scripture, like in our own words, like through meditating on it. Like almost in like a like an amplified Bible kind of way, <laughs> like just like oh come up my. with different words and like yeah. rewrite it in your own words to like understand it better. It's crazy and that like the amplified version gets away with like two thirds of the text just being in parentheses that they like <laughs> snuck in there. It's ridiculous. It's so wild. We, need, we should roast the Bible translations on an episode. <laughs> um, 
and like I've seen like creative readings of scripture in churches before mm-hmm. and like what are hymns but creative scripture right sure and I think that that can all be great and powerful and moving and certainly there's like a section of like queer theology as well but I think that in my mind what's not as captured in a creed like this is like to me it doesn't feel like it's revealing much i guess well, i'm trying to like wrap my brain around like what is like the root thing about this that i'm trying to like pinpoint but like i i believe that queer and trans theologians have much to offer theology and Absolutely. like a, a different perspective on divinity and humanity and all of the above and i don't feel like this creed like really gets at that I think that the only place it really gets at that is like in the first two lines. It was like mentioning specifically. I mean, I guess maybe like the whole first half because it does mention God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. But it also feels like. uh, Well, but even then, I don't know. the The line, I believe in Jesus Christ, their child who wore a fabulous tunic. Mm hmm. Like what what does that invoke? That felt more like a reference to Joseph than it did. Jesus. Or like, are you insinuating that like was Jesus part of the LGBTQ community? Or mm, mm. I don't know, like that line, it just is decorative, but it doesn't add anything to change my understanding of who Jesus Christ is to be. I could mm. give two shits of what Jesus wore, whether it was a fabulous tunic or not. It doesn't tell me yeah. other than the fact that he had two dads and saw everyone as a sibling child of God. It doesn't tell me anything about him. In the Apostles' Creed, it's Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, Mm. died, and buried. Like We're seeing the elements of who Jesus Christ was in the Apostles' Creed. All I'm getting from the Sparkle Creed is that he had a good closet wardrobe. Mm. (laughs) So how would you... Are you opposed? I'm curious. Are you opposed to like the creeds being updated? I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I am not opposed to the creeds being updated. What I am opposed to is we strip away meaning from the creeds just to meet agenda or mm. or propaganda. Yeah. I think what leapt out to me in these in Emily you just you just said it in recounting that bit of the Apostles Creed is like there's a lot of things that the Sparkle Creed does the one thing or the two things that the Sparkle Creed does not acknowledge is the, the crucifixion of God and the resurrection thereof. And that omission, I thought, spoke a lot louder than what they were trying to say with words. You know what I mean? That feels like a really big deal to leave out crucifixion and resurrection in what purports to be a Christian creed, right? Yeah. I feel like. Maybe it's the Methodist in me, but creeds, while individually you are saying it, you're also saying it like as a community. Mm -hmm. And I feel like elements of the Sparkle Creed is very much like just I centered. Oh, like looking at the Apostles Creed, I see the word I used twice, whereas in the Sparkle Creed, it's one, two. Three, four, five, I think six. Yeah. And 
like just the way it ends to help my unbelief. Unbelief of what? Well, I liked that line. That was one of the lines I really liked. But of what? Personally. Like, is it just in general? Well, but that's a that's a quotation from scripture. I don't remember exactly who it is, but it's I think it's one of the apostles to Jesus, right? Where he says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I think it's Thomas. I think it's a post-resurrection. Yeah, it's to- doubting Thomas. Oh, it is yeah. Thomas? Oh, see, I love that line. I think that's great. Like, I, I would personally love an update to the creeds that include, like, more lines about, like, how but faith and doubt are I related. I don't know if that's how I would end it. Mm. Because in this creed, if I'm, and I'm reading it in my own perspective, but from what I'm understanding, it's very clear in the things of what they do believe. Like that the church is, you know, of everyday saints as numerous and creative and resilient as patches on the AIDS quilt and all this other things. But then it just ends with help my unbelief. Mm. And I don't, I just, that is not the note that I would want to end on. I think there's a place for it somewhere, but it's very clear on what they believe. I believe in the non-binary God. I believe in the rainbow spirit. I believe in the church of everyday saints. I believe in the call to each of us. I, 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 and then it's like, oh, and my unbelief too. Mm. I, it, I think I see what you're saying. Like you're saying that like they're posing this as the alternative. So like, why would they include a line about unbelief? Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, or like put it somewhere or I think they could have creatively done that somewhere. Just not throw it in at the end. (laughs) That almost to me seemed like a last minute thought. They're very (laughs) clear. They're very clear in what they believe. The fact that they even changed elements of the Apostles Creed to then just end it with help my unbelief. Hmm. See, I would be way more on board with the Apostles Creed if it ended with help my unbelief personally. But I, I recognize that not everyone would like not everyone like wants to say a statement of belief. And then at the end, acknowledge that it is also a statement of unbelief. I, I recognize that that's a, a cognitive dissonance. Or if you're going to throw it in there, put it in there somewhere where it's going to be like meaningful, not just at the end, because it's, mm. it sounds convenient or <laughs> you need something mm. to put at the end. Like, I think unbelief needs to be recognized and it could be. Po- uh, I'm just saying if she was able to throw all of this together and then you just <laughs> end it with help my unbelief yeah whoa i what? have a proposal however okay i'm ready uh are you ready for a reframe because i think this might get you on board i'm okay let me get paper and pen. <laughs> it's my turn i'm looking at my desk here and i still have this set of rosary beads i made for myself and i imagine saying this sparkle creed with the beads are and you still calling it the sparkle creed uh just bear with me here so if if i'm going to go through the sparkle creed as written um there's a lot of affirmation of what i do believe about the non-binary god about their son or child jesus christ about the rainbow spirit church of everyday saints there's a lot of affirmation right and it concludes with help my unbelief now i am imagining this could be used in a repetitive or cyclical way say going a journey around some beads so that the help my unbelief is basically uh emily as musicians right it's like a it's like a repeat sign at the very end of the the statement on the sheet music sure and it's basically like a call to go again right help my unbelief return to the top okay i believe in the non-binary god right so like in that way 
I'm offering a third way to interpret that. Now, is it clunky? Yes, I completely agree. I also think it could go in a different place, but for someone who would want to like dwell on what is trying to be said with this series of statements, help my unbelief feels to me like a way to kind of like get into a swing of repetition and like chanting almost. Um, Mm. I guess that's my alternative reading. Maybe there's space for help my unbelief being a repeat sign. We just want to say how honored we are that you listen to Ravel. Seriously, there's a lot of great shows out there, and we're grateful to be in your feed. Thank you for helping us on our journey to normalize people asking questions about theology. If you want to support what we're doing, the best way to help is to tell a friend about us. We want to be a resource for people on their faith journeys, whether they're deconstructing, reconstructing, switching churches, deconverting, and everything in between. And if you're able, you can support us for as little as $3 a month on our Patreon. Supporting us helps us cover fees, software, equipment, future ideas, and more. For all of you church finance skeptics out there like me, don't worry, we're keeping an open book for transparency. For our supporters, we've built an online space where we can be together. We know it can be difficult to ask questions about our faith, so we want to make that more accessible, comfortable, and normal. We're using an app called Discord, where you'll get private access. You already know us, and we'd love to get to know you. Thank you to everyone who's already supporting, and thank you to Louis Zong for the use of our theme music, In Full Color. Thank you for saying space, because now I'm going to invite us, if you will indulge me, since it is my topic. Please, please. (laughs) And we have some time. I want us to go through both the Apostles' Creed and the Sparkle Creed. Oh. I want us, if we were to create a creed, Ooh. What, what would we want it to look like? The Ravel Creed. The Rav- I'm writing I, this down. To answer your question, because um, I love that and I w- want to dig into that, can I make one point that I think will help guide us? Why would I say no? Please shoot. <laughs> I don't know. You can, it means your topic. You can say no. I don't care. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. Okay, so I was like looking back and forth at the Apostles' Creed and the Sparkle Creed, and then um, because we live in the 20, going on the 22nd century over here, I'm stalking Reverend Rachel Smallstokes, uh, the original author of it, and I found the original post on her Facebook, and just to like wrap up one of the threads that I brought up earlier. Oh, yes, please. It's unclear if she is a part of the queer community, but she does have like a... Uh, like one of those Facebook profile picture rings that's like clearly the pride flag. So I would say at the very least she's affirming and I think we should assume she has the best of intentions. Sure. In one of her comments, she was responding to someone who brought up the, well, if God is non-binary, then Jesus can't have two dads conundrum. And I really liked her comment. So I'm just going to read it. Rachel said, and this was recently, this was five weeks ago. Rachel said, totally fair. I did not write this to be a real vetted creed that people would use as a litmus test of faith. I wrote it to be fun and to affirm people in communities that are usually excluded. The fact that people who have used this in church are getting death and arson threats is beyond my comprehension. I got the two dads thing from a funny church sign, for goodness sake. But also, I know that some non-binary people who go by the title dad, so it's also possible. And I liked her, end quote, I liked her response to that because I think that, to me, that's a good sign that like she's trying to get at I think what strikes me about the Apostles' Creed that doesn't strike me as much about the Sparkle Creed is that the Apostles' Creed is clearly 
storytelling. Like it's mentioning characters. Mm -hmm. It's like outlining things that could be doctrinal, but also like are maybe just like mysterious in nature, but it's like mentioning them. And I get the sense that like she was trying to do that with hers, but there's not quite as much. And of course I'm saying this is like a, a cishet person, but like to me, there's not as much like story that's being driven there. Mm -hmm. Even though it's clearly like reaching for like inclusivity. Sure. So I think one of the things that could be stolen from the Sparkle Creed into the normal creeds, into the like Apostles and Nicene, would be like an acknowledgement of God's transcendent gender nature. Like, I think that that's just like such low hanging fruit, in my opinion, at this point. And I, I feel like that should be a perfectly acceptable pill for anybody to swallow. Sure. Yeah, I think because we can't fully capture the understanding and the image of God, but we can certainly put ideas behind who God is. And I think recognizing God's character of being transcendent in nature, that to me makes perfect sense. So I'm writing that down. Okay. What else do we want in the creed? And I will say, I think that what the one thing that I think the Sparkle Creed does well is it's clearly saying this group of people belongs in Christianity. And I think that the Apostles Creed, at least, I don't have the Nicene Creed pulled up, but it doesn't like necessarily say like, who's in and who's out that's true and i guess you could argue that it's implied that like everyone's available but like i think it could use more explicit language around all are welcome at the table or something like that feels like very methodist kind of language but why not mm -hmm. like that, that to me that feels like a part of like the story of jesus how do we feel about in the sparkle creed the use of i believe in the rainbow spirit versus the holy spirit uh it's fine. It felt a little extra to me. I mean, like, I do like the idea of spirit itself kind of being the prism that projects, like, the full color of reality on the world, right? Of, like, you know, that, that shatters, maybe, that refracts the our image of, like, the white light of holiness into the visible color spectrum. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was one of the more mystical sounding lines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, even though it's definitely like a diversion from like traditional language. Mm -hmm. I think that you could like use more metaphor in a creed that like in some ways like leaves room for the faith and doubt. Well, that also it invoked for me kind of the image even from like optics, the study of optics and physics of like the, the duality, the dual nature of light being particle wave depending on how it's observed kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. even that being an image invoked, I kind of like, I'm kind of into that. I will also say going back uh, a little bit, I like the use of sibling child of God as like, I do too. Talking about like the message of Jesus being like, I'm like this and you will be too, or you are too. And I'm just here to point it out to you. You know what I mean? Like the voice of God in the story of the prodigal son in Luke 10 is like, I am always with you and everything I have is yours. Like this is, it's part of it. I'm just here to announce that for you. Emily, what? here's yeah. where I think I'm going to have trouble like coming up with like specifics to put in there is that like, I've always felt as soon as I was like introduced to the apostles creed, cause I, I didn't grow up with it. I've always felt it was like very like check boxy and like, I've just progressively been like unchecking the boxes like over time. But there's like several things in there that I think that are like so deeply mysterious that like either you could keep or like reword in a way that like words them in a way that like people could say 
regardless of where they are on their spiritual journey, like whether they're just coming into the church or like kind of on their way out of church. Well, let's let's start there then. Sure. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I tell my church this all the time. Creeds, liturgy, doctrine, they shouldn't be at least read or interpreted as if we are checking off boxes. Mm. Because that pushes us in a direction further away from actually having a relationship with the divine. Because we're seeing them as chores or obligations. And rather, these are just reminders of the things that pull us in not just institutional religion, but I think invoking a sense of understanding or a yearning of wanting to know more of who the divine is. Mm. And certainly Uh. these creeds don't cover everything. There's no way. But if you think about 2000 plus years ago, what they were able to accomplish with these creeds is amazing. They really are amazing. And I think the poetry behind them is so beautiful because it's invoking a perspective of who it is that they believe God to be and the longing to be in relationship with that God. So that would just be my my little two cents of I don't want what we're creating or what we want to create or what we think should be created to be another thing for us to feel obligated into following, but rather a thing that we are longing for when we speak in regards to the divine creator, God, Hmm. and just seeing what unfolds as peeling away the layers of belief and unbelief. That's what a creed is supposed to do. Well, and I think to your point, I think I have just as many problems with the Christian creeds as I do with the Sparkle Creed. Yeah. Like they both feel like they're trying to check off boxes. And like, I get it in a way, like you're trying to either be inclusive or exclusive. And so therefore that means using specific language that people subscribe to. But ultimately, I think you're right. I think we can do better. So let's see if we can. Let's try All right. Let's start with Jesus. Let's start with the dude, Jesus. The guy, the person, they, them, Jesus. I would almost love to see some language around like either like I believe in the story of Jesus or even I believe in the Holy Spirit of Jesus. Oh, hey, Holy Spirit. Because I think that both of those like a acknowledge the uh, medium through which any experience of Jesus is experienced, but also leaves room for people who might not believe in a literal Jesus anymore. I like it. Any anything for you, Stephen? Uh, yeah, I would love a mention that the first miracle told about is water to wine at a party. Oh, I feel like that sets up, you know, I don't want to go so far as say like fabulous tunic lad, (laughs) but I like the image of like, oh, you're out of wine. I'm going to give you the best wine and we're going to keep this party Mm. going for another couple days. You know what I mean? Like that's the vibe, right? Like, oh, I want to capture more of the humanness of Jesus because oh yeah, I feel like in the Apostles' Creed, it's was born and then suffered and died. We skipped like, straight to yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We missed so much of like <laughs> he flipped tables. He, mm. you know, he um he, he answered questions with questions. He had his isms checked by a Canaanite woman who reminded him that even dogs get the scraps from the master's table. Mm. Like, 
You know what neither of the creeds really get at? And by that, I mean apostles and Nicene. They don't really get at the teachings of Jesus, mm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like they're clearly like drawing like theological lines that I'm sure were important to draw at the time, like the whole like begotten, not made situation. But like, why don't they make to your point, Stephen, about the well, and to both of your points about like flipping tables and wine not being mentioned, like, why don't we hear more in those creeds about following Jesus or like what Jesus preached on the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, living in the way of Jesus. I really like some of the language in the Nicene Creed too. That's like kind of mystical, like the seen and unseen and God from God, light from light. That almost sounds a little new agey, but that's like way before it's time, you know? I like it. I like it. Okay. What else do we want to add? Can I say one thing that stuck out to me is something I really like about the Sparkle Creed? Yes. Is... The church of everyday saints whose feet are grounded in mud and whose eyes gaze at the stars in wonder. I, yeah. Oh, yes. did you like that part? I really did. I really did. Oh, I didn't I, like that part. Oh, that was one of the parts I didn't like. Please tell me why. Oh. That one felt like it was also grasping at straws to like sound poetic, but it like wasn't, it didn't really feel like it was like referencing anything specific. Maybe it doesn't say much is what you're saying? Yeah. I like it because what, first of all, feet grounded in mud gave me a feeling of like trees planted with roots. And also we are from dust and to dust we shall return. So like we live on this very thin border between earth beneath and heavens above. Right. And uh, for me, gazing at the stars in wonder was it felt like a, a nod to you know, our stories come from the stars. We tell stories of like Orion because we saw a warrior in the constellations and Mm. like the stars we look at, very many of them were looked at by proto humans 20,000 years ago. And some have been born and some have winked out, but the stars are like, are timeless in a way, at least on a human scale. That to me, I mean, this is Josh, this is the same reason I think that you actually don't like that Hillsong song and I do a hundred billion, <laughs> right? A hundred billion times. So will I that I reviewed um, on the worship review podcast uh, because like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just that imagery is so cool to me and it and just invokes a sense of like how small we are compared to everything else. And yet we do have a sense of significance. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. One of the things, and it's not in any of the creeds, at least I don't believe it to be, is this idea of what it is we are believing or what we should believe that we are called to do. So not so much just what we follow or what we adhere to, but what we actually are being called to live into. Um, Like I believe kind of what Josh was saying in the ways of living in the ways of Jesus, following Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, I think we could take it a step further to say, I believe I am called to love my neighbor, to care for creation, mm. yeah, to yeah. resist evil and injustice and oppression, like to put my best foot forward in striving for perfection, meaning to strive for completeness in something that is bigger than me. Like, I think a call to action is important. Hell yeah. Hell Yeah. can we talk about the along those lines i feel like this is relevant can we talk about the like yes weird jab that the creeds give to the holy spirit 
yes, yes. Like, <laughs> what's up with that? You mean how brief it is? Yeah, but like also the the I, I just pulled up the Nicene Creed and it gives the line like we believe in the whole yeah so like it mentions the Holy Spirit way later in both of them but then it mentions the we believe in the Holy Spirit who proceeds from the Father and the Son and then it mentions the Father and the Son again and then saying the Holy Spirit spoke through the prophets and that's it yeah and that's it like what's up with that I feel like I feel like the whole call to action thing would like get at the Holy Spirit more like ideas of like divinity and humanity. Uh, like the Holy Spirit being inside of you and like calling you to act on your faith. Yeah. Like why is none of that in there? Yeah. I don't uh, think it's necessary to mention the Virgin Mary in the creed. I agree. I don't think it is. Like, I think it's fine if someone wants to believe that. I, <laughs> I guess we haven't talked about this on an episode, but like, I don't think that should be a prereq. <laughs> I, I think, you know, like, I think that's more like, you know, traditionally, this is how it's been interpreted, and like, you know, depending. I on just think it's cool to know that Jesus was born. I, you know, like. Oh yeah, that yeah. in itself, I think, is just pretty damn cool. I could care less if, and we know that Mary wasn't a virgin, um, but I could care less if she was or if she wasn't. <laughs> well, and I would love to see some language around like, like Jesus, who was somehow God and also somehow man. Like, I would love to see some like loosely abstract language but it's i know it's so hard to like put in there without being chunky but like some acknowledgement of like the mystery like holding on to things being mystery and that being okay and i think that that is where it ties in nicely with unbelief yes 100 percent. not just throwing it at the end i i for one would also love to see it at the end but i i, I agree with you <laughs> like i see what you're saying now <laughs> understanding the mystery of it all and the abstractness of it all help our unbelief you know, we don't have it all figured out. Don't make all these claims and then very solidly just be like, oh, yeah, and help my unbelief. Even though I've made a very firm stance in these very specific, mind you, ideas of who they see God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit to be. That's what bothers me is when we use very, not critical, um, but very precise language about something and then when we tried to wrap it up nicely with a bow, we're like, yeah, you know, but whatever. <laughs> Just to me, it doesn't feel right. So <laughs> recognizing unbelief throughout all of it, mm-hmm. throughout all of it is what is important because it is very much intricately woven throughout belief. Not just a nice way to end something. Can we get table language in our Ravel Creed? Um, yeah. I just want to talk about, I mean, in light of last episode, especially but in general i mean like the i think the apostles creed has communion of the saints but that's not even like a real reference i think to like eucharist but uh yeah no, it's a reference to one of paul's letters mm-hmm. where he's like talking about like the saints who came before us yeah yep. cloud of witnesses no that's Hebrew. which i think is a fun thing to reference uh, yeah i want specifically table language i want an image of like these people with our feet grounded in mud and looking at the stars are sitting at a table eating food I like together. Well, I think something like that would flow really nicely with like the we believe in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Catholic meaning universal, not yeah, the Catholic right. church. Roman Catholic. Uh, but I think that like a line after that would flow really nicely to like a table made for all. Ooh. All, all genders and race. I don't know how you would do that. So that's the problem. Like I see the, I really do see the barrier with like trying to like inject inclusive language and theology into something that's already been so 
like through the ringer and solidified. And it's like hard to do that without making sound like forced. But I feel like you can do it. I just don't know like exactly how you would word it. Mm. Like how, okay. So like, let me, let me think. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church, a table set for all where our cups overflow. I don't know. See, like even like trying to like inject some other biblical imagery, it like immediately sounds cheesy. <laughs> Say that first line again. Say that first line again. Uh, a table made for all. No, no, no. The before that, the oh, that, so I'm stealing this from the Nicene. Uh, we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Emily's writing the text. I love it. And I'm already doing the table language. Don't worry about that. Okay, great. I even think something as simple as like a table meant to exclude nobody would be simple enough. Ooh. Like that sounds so plain, but like. And you could even use first shall be last and last shall be first language in that too. Yeah. Also, and this would really upset some Calvinists listening to the pot. So if you're listening, brace, you may want to brace skip yourself. Ahead. Winter is coming. Um, <laughs> I think that like some language around like believing that God loves everybody. Like I'm surprised that that's not in the creeds. Oh, like, like, like we, we believe God loves all of humanity, his own creation or, or like, you know what I mean? Like just anything. Something that doesn't suggest like election of the saints with limited atonement. Yeah. Gotcha. Which like, I suppose the Check. creeds don't do already. Like they don't say one way or the other. It's because it predated Calvinism. That's why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Turns out a lot of things did actually. <laughs> <laughs> really no yeah yeah so where are we at emily do you have something to read as a draft for yeah, us it's a very bad draft so bear with me do you think this could almost be a closer is this a, like our first true like to be continued i think well i don't yeah i mean all aren't all of them kind of a to be continued yeah, isn't that the point that's fair but God, I will help my if unbelief. We don't have any other. <laughs> if we don't have any other points, I'm happy to share. So I feel first good off, about where we're at. I took executive ownership in not putting the word "I." It's "we." Great, um, and I great that first to be, step. Inclusive. I believe already. that to be an inclusive. Yes. So we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We believe a table is set for all, where no one is excluded. The first shall be last, and the last shall be first. Ooh. We believe in God, the divine, creator, the unknown, who is transcendent in nature and in time, who calls oh. us to be in loving siblingship with those whom God calls the beloved. We believe in the Holy Spirit, being a prism full of color and refracting the very nature that God calls God's people to be, shattering the whiteness that limits all of God's potential. Ooh. We believe in the stories and the Holy Spirit of Jesus. We understand the miracle of being fully human and fully divine. Jesus's first miracle was turning water into wine at a party. We understand the fully human and fully divine flipped tables, ate with sinners, walked on water, and wrestled with the very nature of what it means to reconcile resurrection. We believe in the living ways of Jesus. We believe that we are called to be in communion with everyday saints. We are called to be timeless and we are called to be action forward, to love our neighbor, to care for creation, to resist evil and injustice and oppression, and to ensure that God's creation thrives. We believe in the abstract language and nature of God. 
that everything is a mystery, and even in our unbelief, we know that we are loved.